0: My name is Abdiel Leroy, author, poet, narrator, voice actor, all-round creative genius. C.S. Lewis, whose first name was Clive, is famed, of course, for the Chronicles of Narnia and for various writings on theology, but he was, above all, a fiery poet and wanted most to be remembered as a poet. Now, not a lot of people know that. Here's the first poem I ever had published as an adult. It's called Ode to C.S. Lewis. Forgive me, Clive, that I have stained these pristine pages where your verse is writ. Yet, well, you know, my eating times are oft spent savouring a poet's wit, as by my bedside in the wee small hours, a moment snatched on subway trains, in movie seats and waiting rooms, and when I have some cash on planes. This precious volume carried on my back, chasten not too harshly when I soil. As Milton studies, so shall I, when chance relieves me from my servile toil. Let these rude stains of chicken curry be testament how I have homage brought between these bland-tasting spoonfuls your heavenly counsel sought, I'll read upon your verses, dear my friend, let not this term be found a slight, as child of dawn unto the morn, to catch as if by fire thy heavenly light. Today I'm going to narrate from a story which has a close affinity with Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. It's called Obama's Dream. Going by the title, you might think it's a political work, but though political arguments do come into it, it's much more about the redemption of a man's soul. And like Scrooge, Obama goes on a kind of shamanic journey led by ministering spirits. Enjoy! A Poet's Apology On Recording His Audiobook With my recital... Of this epic book, I pray your kindnesses shall overlook shortcomings and rendition imperfect. Of course, God speaks the British dialect as everybody knows, the angels too. It even works for Satan. And who knew, Plato speaks the Queen's English, though a Greek. But with the American characters do not seek authentic imitation of each note – I but the spirit of their speech denote even the title character forgive. Suspend your disbelief, the role shall live. With all that said, I hope hereby to bring a wondrous journey on Imagined Wing. Wings of Desire One night, as Washington, D.C. is sleeping, Two great angels sweep into the White House on a divine mission to President Obama. They arrive in the master bedroom only to find the devil whispering into the ear of the sleeping president. A confrontation ensues, ending up with Satan's eviction. The senior angel, Abdiel, then orders a ring of angelic protection around the White House to prevent further intrusions and charms the First Lady into peaceful sleep. The lights of Washington spread out below. Two messengers of God sweep through the skies, alighting on the White House to bestow divine wisdom to counter darkest lies. Past suited guards on vigilant patrol, past checkpoints, gates, and barriers unperceived, the spirit's movements evading control of man's detection so oft self-deceived into the master bedroom the pair leap in silent passage through the lither walls but are surprised to see where loathsome creeps a ghoulish figure whose presence appalls close by obama's ear there sits the fiend whispering foul thoughts of evil influence to overhear and learn what might be gleaned of wicked schemes, one angel's preference. His colleague, though, the more impetuous, unsheathes his sword, presses its tip into the devil's neck, who freezes motionless, feeling the wrath of heaven coursing through. None but an angel could have found him there. He senses in that steel divinity, a dauntless sword that would his prowess dare must have been forged in heaven's armory. Vacationing from Tartarus, are we? The other angel says, sword also drawn. Slowly, the loathsome creature turns to see who challenged him, his eyes burning with scorn. But still, defiance is his wonted stance. The radiant creature's resolute, he eyes, assesses them in turn with wary glance, rather resolves resort to guile and lies. Well, what a zealous pair you cherubs are, he says, sent on some errand in D.C. Not worth your trouble surely flying so far just to keep your eye on little old me. The junior angel seems about to speak, but one look from the other checks him. So... The devil says, The braver must be meek, take orders from the senior, dull and slow. A clever stratagem, attempting to divide those who oppose you, or incite to ire. The elder says, To insult and deride, we know your repertoire of tricks entire. The two opponents glare in enmity their feud more ancient even than the world, when Satan, puffed up in his vanity, by Abdil's blow, ten paces back was hurled. Abdil, you'll lose eventually, whispers the devil, eyes twinkling with pride. You'll be humiliated. No more parley. the angel brooks, but with purposeful stride, walks toward the devil, his sword poised to strike at which the foe draws his own sword, steps back. The younger angel, advancing alike, comes alongside to second the attack, but with a gesture, Abdiel commands him stay, while pressing on relentlessly. Slashing the air meanwhile, Satan grandstands, though stepping backward, raging powerlessly. Shouting abuse, invective, accusation, in final fury flying up through the roof, He leaves this scene of pending confrontation to nurse his hatred distantly aloof. The junior angel looks at Abdiel intently as a racehorse at the start, ready to spring, most worthy sentinel, to prove himself in battle, play his part. Go search the house to see if any more are lurking of that vile crew corrupted All of the rooms, the stairs, the corridor. Our work tonight must not be interrupted. His captain orders. Send a message to. Michael should know of this devilish intrusion. Ask him establish, so no more come through around the White House, a zone of exclusion. With swiftest flight, the younger one obeys, as lightning through the premises surveys. As incense rising then, the angel prays, his message to the great Michael conveys. Her fierce attachments hastily dispatched to ring the White House with angelic band, lest further hellish purposes be hatched, or Satan try some tactic underhand. Looking upon the sleeping pair meanwhile, Abdiel perceives the woman's troubled dreams, which to relieve he with a crystal vial pours balm upon her eyes for better themes. Thus aided, the First Lady smiles in sleep, relaxing in oblivious delight, sinks into sweet repose, restful and deep. When days are troubled, let peace reign at night. Already the Lieutenant has come back. Captain, the house is clear, your message heard. Michael himself is ready to attack. Well done, Zephon. Thank you for sending word. Now check the daughters. Make sure each sleeps sound. If Satan poured his poison in their ears before he came in here, he would confound them, terrify them with invented fears. I did look in on them and can attest they soundly sleep. No sign of molestation. Zephon replies. Then... Take this vial that blessed their mother's eyes, and charm their contemplation. Handing the vessel to him, Abdiel pauses, perceiving hesitation in the other. What is it, Zephan? Pray unfold what causes this seeming consternation in my brother. Captain, accosting Satan when I did without your signal was a hasty deed. He knew not of our presence, I admit. I acted without waiting for your lead. A smiling Abdil, though rarely seen, answers the angel with merciful mirth, chuckling, Zephon, my lad, it might have been a good idea to listen in, and worth hearing unheard what stratagems and themes the devil whispered in Obama's ear, but we are not ignorant of his schemes, and other agents come his counsel near." I'll never charge thee with wrongdoing, as it's love-compelling thy courageous heart. Besides, divinity his purpose has, writing the outcome with omniscient art. There's no one I would rather have with me in facing any danger, threat, or foe, or taking any perilous path, than thee. Now, to thy gentler mission, Zephan, go. For here the younger angel's eyes are wet, to hear his praises from the warrior bold. Are not an angel's tears precious yet, as those recorded in the ancient scroll? To heaven's renowned soldier, Zephan bows, wiping his cheek, which Abdeel returns, acknowledging the kindred greatness that endows his protégé, wherein divinity burns. The Sleeping Journey. Abdiel draws Obama's soul from his body and takes him on a nighttime journey. They first arrive at Guantanamo, where Obama is overcome at the horrors of torture he witnesses. Alone once more, the angel gazes upon the troubled countenance of the man, whose lips are slightly parted, gently raises out of his mouth where breath of life began. Obama's soul, which, opening his eyes, cries out in fear, for the wondrous sight of an angelic being terrifies the mind of man forsaking inner light. Fear not, says Abdiel, placing his hand upon Obama's chest, which, warming there, allays a mortal's fear and the demand to know the how, who, what, the when and where. But not too much the angel gives of this ambrosial, anaesthetic balm, lest bliss overwhelm the hearer and the message miss, waking his revelation to dismiss. The man, some equanimity restored, trembling and awestruck, says unto his guide, Are you a messenger sent by the Lord? Am I on earth, in heaven? Have I died? And yet I see myself lying in bed beside my wife. This room I recognize. Tell me, is that my corpse? I fear I'm dead. Shall I ever again open those eyes? Barak, listen to me. Your time has not yet come. You are not dead as understood by men. Not yet you taste your mortal lot. Though in you, death, his will, works what he would. I am thy messenger as you've discerned, and am to show thee independently what may outside thy entourage be learned, hid from your official capacity. Spirit, I doubt not your noble intent, but doubt myself if I can undergo the challenges you're certain to present, or bear to see the sights that you will show. Remember Moses. Abdiol answers him. His fears, when called upon to challenge power, yet led his people from that land of sin, his faith deemed a righteousness, now is thy hour. Did you not recently, Isaiah, cite yourself that those who trust in God will soar on wings as eagles? Let what you recite in pretty speeches come now to the fore. Then I shall go with you, Go where you will. What man could hope an angel's hand resist? I can but trust your leading, good or ill. No preconditions, caveats to list. Then be it so. Take thou my hand, replies Abdiel. Reluctantly the man complies, whereat the pair as in a whirlwind ride, upon a distant shore, arriving side by side. What is this place? So desolate, so bleak. Obama asks. Silent, the angel leads towards a fence. Obama's knees grow weak. Guantanamo. He impotently pleads. I cannot stand to see what lies within. Do not begin here, anywhere but here. But, deaf to his excuses, going in, the angel turns and beckons him draw near. Shuffling with leaden feet, invisible to soldiers at the barricade, the man, past wire cages, seen execrable, proceeds to see all human cruelty can. Hundreds of men in orange jumpsuits clad, the crux of mankind's misery unkind. One shackled at the ankles, just a lad, being brought inside a building, chained and blind. The man and angel, unseen, follow in, where horror and atrocity unfold. The lad is stripped and sodomized in sin, his back broken, he's terrorized and cold. The air is filled with beatings, screaming, noise. Lone figures weep, who, prayer forbidden, tears must serve. No peace, no sleep, nor moment's joy, permitted in this crucible of fear. Some are strapped down as dirty tubes, bile-blooded, are force-fed down their throats. Meanwhile others, by water poured on them, their lungs are flooded. One man, his genitals wired, a black hood smothers. This in the twinkling of an eye is seen, for in an angel's view, time plays no part. The man runs out to flee the sights obscene, vomits and shudders. Abdul stands apart I said I'd close this site 6 years ago I'm working on it I've already said that we tortured some folks all this I know No answer gives the angel but instead reaches his hand out for the man to take A little more enthusiastically Obama now complies hoping to take his leave of this nightmare immediately Where at Arriving on a grassy bank beside a river. Nothing here to fright. Grateful for this, Obama turns to thank his guide. But here's a very different sight. You have been listening to my little epic, Obama's Dream, available everywhere in ebook and in audiobook and paperback on Amazon. Also, mark your calendar for the book giveaway this coming Friday, January the 4th, Versus Versus Empire. Get it? It's a homonym. Volume 1, The George W. Bush Era. Now all that remains is to wish you a new year filled with light. Until next week, this has been Abdiel Leroy.